Welcome back to the Spiritually Intimate Conversations podcast. Today, we are going to be doing another installment in our Women's Health, Healing, and Connecting Deeper to Your Body series. And today, I have a special guest on. She is a friend of mine, an old client of mine. I've worked with her in a couple of different ways, um, but she is somebody that I absolutely just like love so dearly. And I love what she's been sharing about recently because it's really been a lot of the stuff that I've been learning about, but she has like been super geeking out about it and sharing and talking about it. And so I immediately was like, we need to get you on the show and we need to talk about this topic because again, as you guys know that the series is really all about talking about those gaps within, you know, women's healing and healthcare and all of these different topics that we as women don't really hear about or learn about. Um, and usually probably until we're either in a position where like I was right. So before I introduce our guests, let me just kind of like share a little bit more about like in terms of like what I mean in my journey and like where this topic is going to be heading. So as you guys know, I've been going through a lot of different health struggles. And currently right now, if you don't know this, I'm in the process of helping support detox my liver because my liver hasn't been doing very well. And we've sorted this out over the summer when I got diagnosed with EBV, um, Epstein-Barr virus, or AKA mono, if you guys don't know what that is. You can learn more about EBV on a past episode. If you go back in the series, I can't remember what episode number it is, but you'll just search through and find EBV and dig into that. Um, but as I was trying to heal my body through EBV, you know, we were learning more about my gut health and we're learning more about my liver. And we're, I was just learning about just my body in general, and it was struggling so much trying to detox itself from whether it was environmental toxins or when I had my breast implant illness and I still had my body was trying to heal itself and detox from that. But then also because my gut health hasn't been well, you know, I had 18 inches of my colon removed. I went on multiple rounds of extremely high antibiotics for um, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, which let me just tell you, if you ever have to pick up medications for that, a pharmacist looks at you highly concerned every single time they would be like, are you okay? What's wrong? Why are you taking this? And I was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> what are they giving me? Right. But it's, it's really, really hard on your system. So these were all things that I've been rehealing my body, rehealing my gut and helping my liver heal from. So through this journey, obviously I'm paying attention to different people online that they're talking about all of these different healing protocols and different types of supplements and things that you can do. And that's when like our guest, I was saying she was sharing all of this online. I started just like geeking out on everything she was sharing. So Jacqueline, um, Tell us a little bit before we get into like the actual topic, Jacqueline, tell me a little bit about like you and, you know, how you serve women and stuff, because, you know, talking about all of this, isn't like the only thing that you do, like you're a very like amazing entrepreneur in and of yourself. So like talk a little bit with the audience about like what you do and who you are. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. Mm -hmm. So uh, really my I don't know what I like to call it. I love, I've loved health since about when I was 19, which is about 10 years ago. My upbringing was my, 
you know, your typical American diet. Um, my mom did the best that she could, but you know, she worked full time. My dad worked nights. So I personally was fed microwavable food, fast food, really high fatty stuff. I mean, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, but I do not remember a single time that I ate a vegetable when I was a kid. So yes, (laughs) I definitely was not set up. I mean, for the best kind of health. Um, but surprisingly as like our bodies are amazing, they want to keep us alive. They want to really do what they can to make us really live our lives the best that we can. So as I grew up, you know, in high school, living off of McDonald's, Wendy's going to the Seven Eleven to get a Slurpee, tons of candy. And I remember when I graduated, I ended up going to uh, live with my cousin, who's like the total opposite. She's like totally into health, like really values food. She's vegetarian, vegan at that time. And she came to me, it was kind of like an intervention. (laughs) She was like, all right, I'm scared for you because all I see you eat is like, I was eating bacon and cheese and then fast food was all I was eating. And really my health was doing fine, but I remember I ended up getting a really bad staph infection on my foot, which is where I got a tattoo and my cousin got the same tattoo, but hers healed perfectly. So it made me start to really dive into like, okay, why am I not healing? Why is my body, you know, why did I get a staph infection over my cousin who definitely did not get a staph infection? We did the exact same thing, stuff like that. Um, And then also really bad menstrual cycles, um, blacking out migraines, stuff like that. So at age 19, I started to see myself kind of go down this really bad path. I had my boss at my work. It was a small business and she came to me and she basically another intervention of like, Hey, (laughs) you need to get your health together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for that because you know, from that point forward, I had many things in my life happen. Um, I was overworking myself and then I ended a relationship and then I just replaced all of my free time with the gym and with going on bike rides basically. And then that kind of dove me into the health world of really looking at not just, you know, being a cardio bunny and eating like crap, but really looking at macros and wanting to, I mean, at that time it was very vain. I wanted to make myself look better, gain some muscle, stuff like that. But then that ended up leading me down being a personal trainer and getting certified that way. And then being health coach and personal trainer, and then just really being very obsessed <laughs> with health, <laughs> which is my personality. Usually is I'll go from zero to like a hundred. Um, and then life has kind of taken me down many different turns and very different businesses and interests, but definitely kind of finding myself full circle, coming back around to health. You know, it's been my passion. Like I said, pretty much my whole entrepreneurial journey. And then, you know, I got into herbalism and now I'm an herbal practitioner and then just, just soaking up every single bit of information and diving deep (laughs) that I can into holistic health and healing basically. (laughs) So just so you know, Uh Jacqueline is a projector like me, but she's also what, what's the actual profile numbers. I know there's a one, but what's the other one again? It's a five one. You're a five one. So if you guys don't know this one lines, cause I'm a four one and I really connect in, especially with other projectors, but other one lines in general, because that's the investigator, right? We, 
we go, we're like the epitome of going down a rabbit hole. Like if you want to see somebody go down a rabbit hole, like crazy, go hang out with a one line. <laughs> Cause like when they're on something, they are on it and they want all the information and they're Googling everything and they're reading the books and they're listening to the podcasts and they, they love to learn. They really are in it and learning. And it turns into usually those things that they obsess over. They talk about a lot. They are in conversations with their friends about their spouses. I know your spouse and my spouse can be like, man, when her one line's, you know, on fire about something, that's all she ever wants to talk about, right? Like, oh my gosh, that topic, or you're beating it to death. Like, like when are you going to stop talking about it? But these are the wonderful things that then we get to teach on because we, you know, it also is very much the teacher. And so I love this, that you, this is something that you've been in love with for so long, and it's taken you down these different paths and different journeys, um, within your own journey. And now this is what you get to provide back for other people. Like, that's so beautiful. And I, I love it because I feel like that's a lot of what my journey has been like, you know, the things that I teach on and I help and serve other people is all the very things that I've been going through within my own journey, um, and learning about. The one thing I wanted to ask, because as you were like sharing certain things, and I feel like this is a common thing that I see women say is that they were constantly told by their providers, like if they went and talked to their doctor. So you were mentioning, for example, your menstrual cycles were horrible. You were blacking out. You're having migraines. I deeply relate to this. I was going in all the time. I was missing school because I would, my cramping would be so bad. My bleeding would be so heavy. My migraines were so horrible. Like I would, I'd have a migraine when I would ovulate and when I would get my period, like I always knew when it was happening because I would be getting migraines around those times. And always the answer from providers was just like, that's normal. That's just being a woman. Or if you go on birth control, everything will sort itself out. But I was somebody who birth control did not work well for me and my body. It only made my migraines worse and made me feel sicker. So in regards to like, when you went in, like if at any time you sought out like support, was that kind of the common, this is just normal. You just need to deal with it. Oh, this is such a good question. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. And no. So a little mm-hmm. bit. So I'm a splenic authority if we're bringing human design in here. So which basically Always. is Listening to my body and my intuition and growing up, that was one thing that like never flawed. Like I would always listen to that. And I remember I did grow up in a very religious family. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, not run into my mom to ask to take me to go to the doctor to get birth control. Um, but I went to Planned Parenthood with my cousin and I remember getting on it for maybe, you know, in Planned Parenthood, they don't really ask you any questions or really go very deeply. But I remember I was on it for maybe <clears throat> a week or two and do this. We're going to find alternative ways for birth control. Um, but definitely, you know, through not my personal experience, because I've also had a lot of situations with at the time, not being able to afford healthcare. Also, I'm very much a full-on investigator (laughs) and I've been really into holistic healing for a very long time to where, you know, doctors definitely have such a valuable place here. Allopathic medicine does. Mm -hmm. Um, but when it comes to more lifestyle based diseases, which are 
roughly about 90% of the diseases people die from these days are due to lifestyle factors. The doctors are not really well-versed in those, unless you go to like a functional medicine doctor or a naturopath, they're going to be able to really sit you down and help you get to that root cause and look at your lifestyle. But I will say my mom has had some thyroid issues and lots of health issues with her. Um, and that's all she heard was like, Oh, well get on birth control, get on this, get on that. You know, it's normal. And Mm -hmm. the one thing that I love to tell women and really everybody, just because it's common does not mean it's normal. And that's the thing that we need to start differentiating that, you know, It's common for women to have cramps. It's common for us to, you know, have migraines. A lot of women have it, but it doesn't actually mean that it's normal. Like our bodies are not naturally set up to be like, okay, every single month we're going to have cramps or we're going to have PMS. It's if we're optimizing our hormones and the way that we're living and our lifestyle, our stress levels, all of the things, our bodies are not going to have those symptoms in a way of something being off. So, so long, (laughs) that was a long story to answer your question. I loved what you shared. I think that was a perfect answer because I feel like that is essentially a lot of times what a lot of women are going through. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe it's not, you know, I said providers and I feel like it should, it could have just been in general, right. Your mom, your sisters, your girlfriends, just societally, I think even in movies and shows of what's displayed as like, what's the quote unquote normal baseline for all women. And I think that that's where I feel like these conversations, it is talking about like, you know, just because something is common doesn't mean that it's normal or it's understanding that we are all different and our bodies respond differently, especially as women and better understanding the unique language in which our body is speaking to us, especially in in times of stress or illness. And I think what is beautiful that we can learn from a splenic projector like yourself, right? Because with a spleen authority really is so in the moment, really listening to your body and what it's really saying to you not everybody is very well diversed in understanding their body and what it's saying. And so, yeah, it is about empowering women to better ask questions or set themselves up with providers and a healthcare team that work with them more in individualized and not looking at it as like a blanket. This is how we help all women this is how we're going to serve you. Right. And so I didn't really start diving into being, uh, with a holistic provider with a natural path until, um, just this last summer when I had EBV and I finally was kind of done with, you know, my provider just kind of looked at me and she's like, you're just going to have to wait it out. And I was like, there's not anything I can do to help my body, like anything at all. Like really? Um, so that's, yeah, it really opened me up to like exploring all this other stuff that I, you know, I felt like I knew because I'd been in health and fitness. Like when I very first started supporting women, it was in health and fitness. So I talked a lot about like how to feed your body correctly and how to move your body and stuff. But it's like, I never worked with a healthcare team that addressed my body in the way that I felt I was addressing it at home with all the things that I was doing from like a nutritional stance and an all natural way of, uh, approaching things. But again, you guys, I want to make very clear that like, this is in no way me trying to say like, 
don't go get medical advice or like, don't get the support from a doctor. Like everything serves a purpose. I feel like it's, it's great when you have a complete care team, right? You have your medical doctor, you have maybe a a functional medicine or natural path. You have an herbalist, you have a, you know, a therapist, you have a mentor and a guide, you have a spiritual healer. Like there's no right way. Like you can have like 20 people helping your body. Like like have fun with it. Like, that's that like the more? dream team, the dream right? team right there. <laughs> that's what I'm doing right now. Though I feel like I'm building myself like the most epic, like team of providers. So I'm addressing it from all angles mm-hmm. and that they, and that the other key thing in that is that they all understand that the role that everyone else is playing in my care, nobody in my care is like, being like, oh, well, I don't really want the the documents from your natural path because I don't really believe in all of that. You know, like my medical doctor wanted all of my stuff from my natural path and was like super happy that I was doing all that testing through then. Cause she was like, yeah, we don't do that type of testing. So I just don't, and they're going to do it. And that's going to be great for you. So dive into then a little bit more in terms of like what you've been researching now with like toxins and this drainage pathways. Cause this was really kind of like the big meat topic that I really wanted to dive in because this is the stuff that I recognize that I'm currently doing, um, Mm -hmm. as I'm helping my liver and my gut and stuff kind of like clear out all these toxins that are loaded up in my body. Yeah. So the one thing that I love to look at is, you know, being the investigator is I always ask why, And the thing that I love that I wanted to say was when we're connecting deeper with our bodies is every symptom is a message from your body. So whether that's, let's say the PMS is just a symptom that your body's trying to tell you like, Hey, there's something going on here. That's, that's not in harmony. That's a little bit imbalanced. Um, it could be everything to like skin rashes, eczema, stuff like that. So as I started going down that rabbit hole of like, okay, I'm having the symptom. Why? And then I get to another level and then I ask, okay, well, what's really going on there? And anyway, so it's led me down this path of looking at the drainage pathways and talk and the toxicity that we have within our bodies, because we have a very intelligent body that wants to, and is constantly cleaning out toxins of what we are consuming. So that can be anything that we're breathing, that we're eating, um, mainly those are the, I mean, if I can really think about it, anything we put on our skin, Mm, yeah, basically everything we're really taking in toxins. So if we're looking at toxins, there's, I believe it's 84,000 registered chemicals with the EPA. So there's 84,000 registered chemicals that we're exposed to or can be exposed to. They basically have broken it down saying it's about three to 4,000 that we're exposed to daily. Wow. That's an average, right? So this can be everything from what we're drinking, what we're eating, what we're cooking our food on, um, the makeup we wear, the lotion we put on, the scented candles that we have. They're all, I don't want to say that they're all toxic, (laughs) but the majority of them are. And the main ones that, you know, we really want to focus on. And as I talk to people about, you know, cleaning up your toxic burden and really looking at the things that you're consuming it can be very overwhelming because it's, you know, I could walk into someone's house and probably the majority of the things that they have going on, if they're not well-informed is actually being, 
it's contributing to disease instead of helping their body, you know, fight disease. So, Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the thing we can kind of go into those toxins if you want. Um, but it's really led me to look at, okay, the first step to really healing any sort of disease or bringing your body back to a very balanced place is cutting down your toxic levels. So whatever you're exposed to, um, so, you know, eating whole foods, trying not to eat anything that is not home cooked, you know, and a lot of us don't have that luxury, but, you know, buying organic, if you can trying to avoid plastic, which holds, um, endocrine disruptors, which if you guys want to go down that, I'll let you investigate the correlation between BPA, um, which was actually derived as a synthetic form of estrogen. It's actually been scientifically linked to breast cancer. So if you guys know about BPA, it's pretty much in all of the plastics. Um, so typically rule of thumb, try to do ceramic, um, or glass or stainless steel steel to avoid any sort of BPA. Um, that's kind of a big thing there. (laughs) Endocrine disruptors, especially as women will lead to so many things with our hormones, breast cancer, thyroid issues, um, you know, endometriosis, stuff like that. So if you are trying to help heal your menstruation cycle and stuff like that, make sure you're focusing on eliminating those endocrine disruptors. And, you know, if you don't know what those are, just Google them. You'll find a whole list of things, (laughs) but they're basically found in everything, which is basically makeup, lotion, candles, plastics, stuff like that. So, and then, you know, once you really filter out your toxic burden, you then want to make sure your body can actually detox what's already there. Mm -hmm. And then that's going into those drainage pathways. Yeah. I think before we go maybe into the drainage pathways and kind of like, you know, how to actually do that. I think, yeah, definitely talking a little more about these toxins in our environment, because for a lot of women, this may be, you might've heard of this before, or this may be the first time you're hearing this, but I, I, when I was in massage therapy school, not everybody knows this about me, but I was never a practicing massage therapist. I'd be very clear with this. And my husband loves to throw this in my face all the time of like, how were you a massage therapist? And you never get on your massage table. And like, he feels like there's a very uneven trade in the massaging ratio of what goes down in our house. So I massage your feet all the time. And you like never massage like ever. And I was like, whatever, like this is what it is. Um, but I found like the thing that was the most interesting for me was when I was in massage therapy school was one was the whole, that our skin is the biggest organ in our body. And I don't think people recognize that concept of our skin. They don't think about it as an organ and they don't realize that it is absorbing in so many things on a daily basis. We're typically thinking of absorbing things. in, like you were saying, like breathing or eating and drinking things. And that's the one area that probably could be a simple, easy switch for a lot of women. If you're just kind of, because I feel like that's what needs to, when you look at this topic, it can seem overwhelming, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh my God, there's so many things. So it's like, if you just start, started with like one area and then, or like one item from one area, right. You like just addressed your skincare or your hair care. And you just made like one swap and then you know, maybe a couple months later, try another swap and like slowly swap things out. I feel like that's what helped me, but 
I felt like the skincare thing for me was a huge one of learning about, um, because you just, you don't realize how much your skin is absorbing mm-hmm. from yeah. all those products. And it goes straight into your bloodstream. So it goes straight in your body. And then, you know, you want to make sure that you're being able to eliminate that, but it's, it is important. Exactly what you said, just starting with one area and the typical rule of thumb that I recommend is when you finish a product, just get a cleaner product, you know? So if you run out of your lotion, you know, going and finding an organic lotion, or, you know, I personally make my own lotion and I, absolutely love it. It's like, I will never (laughs) go back even to organic lotion and skincare. I'm like, I don't know why, but my skin loves it so much. And even, you know, facial cleansers and like makeup removers, you can use jojoba oil. Um, it will literally take off waterproof mascara, like super quickly. Um, it also cleanses your skin, but it doesn't bog it down. It actually is very similar to the oils that we produce on our skin. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's natural ways that you can kind of slowly switch things out. Um, but the thing that I love is just, you know, when you finish a product, you know, just make it a point to, to get a cleaner one. And I think that that's the easiest and honestly, the most like the easiest way to not let it be overwhelming. Yeah. And I think it's also important to take note that it doesn't always have to be super expensive. I know that that is sometimes what holds people back that they can't maybe purchase some of those more organic or own natural products because they have a higher price tag on them. But there are ways to like, like you've mentioned a DIY, like, you know, at home remedy that actually works just as well, if not better than a lot of these other products. And it's also recognizing that unfortunately, a lot of times the brands that deem themselves as organic or clean are actually not. And like, that's a whole other topic that I know that could be dived (laughs) into for an entire episode of just like how often things are now marketed in a way to just like visually look cleaner, right? They can do like the color scheme or put plants on it or there's certain rules and stuff that, um, these manufacturers don't actually need to follow. Um, because like, I I can't remember what the number I'm sure, you know, this right. Of like what the U S can have in terms of like toxins compared to like other countries, like there's other items that we have in our skincare or food, like all sorts of stuff, um, that are in other countries deemed as extremely toxic or like linked to cancer or all sorts of other things. But for whatever reason, our manufacturers can still put them in our products or the secret ingredient I've learned is it's labeled always as fragrance and under fragrance is actually where they are allowed to put a whole bunch of stuff in fragrance. That's actually toxic, but they don't have to list it all out. They can just say fragrance. So like that was really eye-opening for me. And it's made me a little bit more of a conscious consumer when I'm purchasing and where my money is going, but also what I'm putting on my body or eating or, or, you know, for my children. Yep, exactly. And fragrance is one of like the major ones that you want to avoid. Um, natural flavors is also one that's similar to fragrance. It's just a label that can really mean a bunch of things like natural flavors. 
is really not natural (laughs) (laughs) from like things in the lab, like has nothing to do with being natural at all. Citric acid is one that's actually, we would think is made from lemons and citrus, but it's actually derived from black mold. So yeah, that one I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. So if you, if you want to dive into mold and what that does on the body, that's a whole other topic. Um, so those are kind of my top three that I kind of watch out for when I come to consuming things. Um, or like if they, it's sad to say, but it's like, if it has that organic label nine times out of 10, it's going to be the better option, but again, still look at the ingredients. Um, but when it comes to like skincare, I mean, really anything, there's so many do it yourself you know, avenues with cleaners, you can do a vinegar and lemon. And anytime someone tells me about this, I'm like, Oh, I hate the smell of vinegar. But if you actually take the lemon rinds and soak them in vinegar for about a week, it actually decreases that smell of vinegar. And then you do that vinegar lemon 50, 50 with water. And then it is a disinfectant. It will clean just as good as some of the conventional products out there. So there's just, there's always alternative do-it-yourself routes that, you know, we've got to think that our ancestors probably used. Your great grandma probably was cleaning her house with vinegar, right? (laughs) But we definitely expanded as a consumer based, you know, world that we live in that a lot of people are trying to sell things that honestly, you know, as I said, not doing the best for our bodies, for the longevity of our health. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of also small business owners that Mm -hmm. if you don't feel comfortable making something, I know tons of small business owners that that is their passion, right? Mm -hmm. That they create things really, you know, non-toxic, organic, homemade, small batch. That's what they do. And then it feels good. Also me supporting like a small business, a female owned business in that way. Um, because you know, I love always supporting other women in business, but just like supporting their passion in that way. It's just like huge to me. So I feel like there is so many avenues and ways that you could be doing it and not overcomplicating it way too much for yourself. Um, but yeah, another one you had said was house cleaners. That's the one that kind of really, I started, uh, going down that whole rabbit hole of all the different toxins that are in house cleaners and how we could shift those things. So yeah, I think, you know, thinking about like, if you're struggling with certain things, how could maybe your, it could be a simple swap of like your shampoo or your toothpaste or your deodorant or the candle that you're obsessed with that you love. Like I've told people, and I'm sure you probably do is like making note of your symptoms. And like, when you maybe see your symptoms pop up the most And is it somewhere correlated around times that you're, there's like certain routines that you do, or like, you know, a new item that you've added in or fragrances or or whatever it is. Right. Like, yeah. And it's definitely like, you know, listening to your body is Mm -hmm. exactly that. Like just noticing that, you know, and if you're kind of at that point where you aren't doing so good with your health, that those factors do trigger a symptom with you. It's definitely important that you do take them out. Um, cause that's your body saying like, okay, we can't take this in. Like we can't breathe. Cause I know people you walk down the laundry detergent aisle and they'll just have a migraine. That's your body saying like, okay, there's something going on here that we can't even handle the smell. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this would happen to me. 
Mm-hmm. Actually, my mom, she talks about how when she was pregnant with me, fragrances started giving her headaches like horribly mm-hmm. when she was pregnant with me. And then after a pregnancy with me, she's like, it still threw me off. And then I always, I, I cannot walk through one of those like mm-hmm. fragrance counters, like inside the mall. I have to completely bypass them altogether or like run like a crazy person holding my nose because I I just can't. And then my husband, he has to be really selective of the things that he wants to wear. I've told him, I was like, can you, if you're going to wear it, I need you to just go put it on outside. And he's like, what is wrong with you? I was like, cause then you make the whole bedroom smell and then it throws me all off. So it's like things like that, where again, I just kind of wrote it off as, oh, well, you know, my mom, that was normal for my mom. And I just, whatever it's normal for me. I just don't like heavy fragrances, but it's like, my body's telling me like, there's something really wrong with this. Like mm-hmm. you need to not use it or be around it at all. <laughs> exactly. And it, and it definitely can be hard, especially because like, I love fragrance. I'm not going to say fragrance. I love good smelling things. Mm-hmm. And so my husband always gets upset with me because I'm always buying a new diffuser, like a essential oil diffuser. I have one in every single room of my house. Cause I just love how it smells, but you know, there are alternative ways like essential oils. Um, there are companies out there that do, you know, non-toxic perfumes and stuff like that, that you can really basically it's, we're not saying this stuff like, Oh, you're never going to be able to have a candle again. (laughs) You know, it's like, you're going to just have to investigate a little bit further to make sure that it's not hurting you. And then it's actually just, you know, it could be benefiting you like be what beeswax candles are really good, especially with allergies. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there's so many amazing things that, you know, would you rather have a candle that's going to contribute to disease or, you know, let's say a beeswax candle that's going to help you with your seasonal allergies. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. I don't think people think of it in that way, but I also yeah. think it's, it's fair to even say like, just because something is all natural and, and, and good, doesn't mean that it's also still even good for you. Right. Like there is always that to be understanding, like exactly. you could still be somebody who's highly sensitive to lavender. Right. Mm-hmm. And you recognize like you cannot be a lavender person, like whatever it is, that's fine. Right. But again, it's, it's, you're listening to your body and you're understanding like what it's telling you. Um, also do you find too, like, cause so for me personally, this is the thought that I'm having in my head is that a lot of these things, um, besides the fragrance thing, when I would go into the mall and being in a lot of fragrance, like that's when I would highly notice it. But a lot of other stuff, it, it didn't really start affecting me obviously until like after I had my implants, and my body really started getting sicker. And I was obviously, you know, I mean, being exposed to external toxins, but then I literally had toxins inside seeping out of my body. I'm having all of these issues that then my, I guess like my tolerance level was like zilch, right? It was like, now I'm at a point where it doesn't seem like anything and everything can set off my system. Right. So do you find like, that's where some people, they don't realize that because it's happening slowly over time, that they're kind of making up, they're saying in their head, well, I, it never affected me then. Like, clearly it's probably not affecting me now. Like if it was an allergy or a problem, should I have had a problem like for forever? Yeah. And the thing that I like to kind of look at and say is like, we look at, you know, let's say like weight loss, we're like, you know, you're not going to become healthy tomorrow right? It takes small actions every single day to get to like a goal weight or to be healthy. And it's the same thing with toxins and your toxic burden. 
your body from birth is constantly detoxing. Um, and through these detox channels and pathways and stuff like that. So that, you know, let's say, you know, there's many things that really go into it, not just what you're consuming, but as you mentioned, you know, maybe you went through a death and you were grieving, or you had a really traumatic event that you're, I mean, we know that our mind, our psyche, emotions, body affects the physical health and how it runs. So it could be, maybe you experienced really heavy grief or a traumatic incident that your body now is trying to deal with that. And you're constantly stressed and your nervous system is going crazy that your body can't detox the way that it should. But it's also understanding that if these detox pathways aren't open consistently, you're not consistently working on them, then just over time, it's just a compound effect of how many toxins you have till one day your body's like, all right, we can't do this anymore. And you have an eczema rash on you, or you have, you know, crazy menstrual cycles, stuff like that, that Mm -hmm. you start to have more of those symptoms. So it's definitely to look like, yeah, I was eating awful when I was like in my teenage years, but could I eat that way now? Absolutely not. Because I know my (laughs) body would be like, okay, no, (laughs) it's not going to be. okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's so important to understand, right. Is that like slowly over time, like our body can only do what it can, right? Like it is miraculous and it's amazing how they can heal themselves. But if we're continually doing something that's stressing it, or I like that you um, pointed out, like if you experience something like a traumatic, you know, experience or grief or something of that nature, like, obviously that can really like set off our bodies. And like, that was something that obviously for me, that's what kind of came down to re-triggering my EBV because EBV is in, once you contract it, it's in your body. And they actually say, I can't remember the, the number, like how many people actually carry it dormant in their bodies, but my body had been so overloaded by stress and other toxins and things like that, that it couldn't detox from that. Then my EBV just got re-triggered and I got really, really sick. Um, but in terms of like the drainage pathways, what are all of those? Cause I know like people always, they, they know, like they think of, I'm sure when their body's detoxing, they're thinking of probably like the two common things, right? Their, their kidneys and their liver are the things that are detoxing for them. But I don't know if there's like more that people aren't really recognizing. Um, like obviously too, I think my gut and my gut health. Um, but when you're thinking of drainage pathways, like break that down a little bit more for somebody who's like, what the fuck is a drainage pathway? (laughs) So why is that important? (laughs) Yeah. The easiest way to think about it is like, it's just the way that your body eliminates toxins, but we have more than the liver and the kidneys. So I'll kind of go from the top down. So we have our brain, which is really called the glymphatic system. So it's the basically taking everything in our brain and dumping it into our lymphatic system. So it it's behind our neck. There's these two little, I mean, they're like kind of like lymph nodes, but it drains into the lymphatic system. The lymphatic system is literally the house of our immune system. So that's where our natural killer cells are. That's where they go and they clean up, um, any dead cells, stuff like that. The thing with the lymph system that I want to say before I move on is it doesn't have a pump. So if we think about like our heart is the pump for our blood. 
So if we're stagnant and we're not moving, like the majority of us are in today's culture, we're not pushing the toxins out. We're not allowing our body to get rid of the dead cells. So the best ways of course, is moving to get your lymphatic system going. Um, and then moving on would be our bile and liver. I kind of pair those two together because your liver and your bile go hand in hand, like your bile. If you've got a gallbladder, it's stored there, but it does its work in the liver, which I had my so, gallbladder removed as well. So that was like another issue that we realized like, well, that's causing a bit, even though they say like, you, you can, you can live without a gallbladder, but they don't typically then start addressing, but what is the, what could cause problems down the line? Cause I had it removed in my early twenties. So I I haven't had a gallbladder for like half my life at this point. (laughs) Goodness, That is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's my mom doesn't have a gallbladder either, um, which is actually so gallbladder disease or, you know, gallbladder stones are actually due to a stagnant bile pathway. So your bile isn't healthy, which will then create those stones. Um, It's kind of like sludgy and really gross, but, but yeah, it always drives me crazy because my mom's like, Oh yeah, I don't have a gallbladder. She's like, they said, it's totally fine. Like we don't like our, we needed it when we were like cavemen, but like the doctor was like, yeah, you needed it when you were cavemen, but now we don't because we're developed. (laughs) And I'm like, but you still need it. (laughs) You know, we still need it. And it's, it, unfortunately it is sad because they don't talk about the legend the longevity of the effects it's going to take on your body and what else is it's going to cause, you know, Mm -hmm. imbalances. So, so the bile and liver are actually my weakest drainage pathway. So I'll kind of, after I explain them and stuff like that, I'll kind of ask some questions that you can kind of do a self-evaluation of like where you need to kind of work on your drainage pathways. Um, but, but yeah, mine is my liver and bile, which Another thing with bile is you can check your stool. If there are undigested pieces of food in there, um, that is a sign that your bile can probably use a little work and needs a little help. Um, But moving on from the liver and bile, we go to the kidneys, as you said. (laughs) So that's another one. And then we have our bowels. So making sure that you're eliminating one to two times a day is the best, um, constipation. I mean, I've heard stories of doctors that are like, Oh, okay. Like, do you go to the bathroom regularly? And they're like, well, when is regular, you know? And they're like, Oh, like once every couple days. And that's actually said to be constipation. So if you're going mm-hmm. only once every couple days, that means that your bowel movements and that path and that pathway itself is a little bit stagnant. Yeah. Or you can be someone like me. Like I'm pretty open now about my poop and my husband's like, man, you just, he's terrified of poop. FYI. Like we're quite the pair, right? Like he's terrified of poop. And I will just talk about my poop all the time. And he's like, nobody cares. And I'm like, it's so important to hear about your poop. Like it really is. And so I teach my kids about all the poop all the time. And so they're always talking to me about their poop. But I mean, even for me, like I struggled with constipation my whole life. Mm -hmm. Right. And I could have stools moving every day, but they were like hard as rocks and pebbles. So doctors could ask, are you having, how often you're having a stool? And if I say, well, I'm having a stool every day and they don't ask more than that, that there was a huge factor right there that you could still be moving it every day, 
but it's still not the type of stool you should be moving every single day. Yeah. The consistency of the poop itself will also tell you about the bile. So, you know, undigested pieces of food, it needs to be like well-formed, but not break apart easily, but also not rock hard. Like that's, what's considered a healthy poop and good bile and liver function basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that you said that because my husband is the exact same. I'm like, anytime he comes out of the bathroom, I'm like, oh, how was your poop? <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm, curious, I'm like, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, like, well, you know, was it this consistency? Was there undigested pieces of food? And he's just like, oh my gosh, like, what did I marry? <laughs> well, in all fairness now though, like my husband is finally getting to a point that he has just learned to like, accept the, the craziness that he calls it because I've literally saved the man's life now, like saved his life probably four times, no, five times in our marriage. And one of them was because of his stool. And I finally got him to go in and talk to a gastro and have a colonoscopy. And sure enough, they found precancerous polyps in his colon. He's only 35. And they found this was when he was 32 or 33. And they told him, they said, it's a really good thing. We found this when we did, because if we didn't, this, you would have had colon cancer for sure. By the time you were even, you know, but in your forties or fifties for Mm -hmm. sure. And they were like, his stools and stuff. They're like, that's not normal how you're having stools. I had to go into the doctors with him because he wouldn't even tell them about our stools. I was like, you sit down and I'm going to tell the doctor. And I'm like, this is what it's like. And she was looking at him like, it's like your mom just showed up to the appointment. I was like, like, well, I know he won't say it. Like he's so uncomfortable about his poop. (laughs) He's poop shy. Everybody poops guys. Okay. Like, I know. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing I told my husband. I'm like, everybody poops. You can talk about poop however much you want. Everyone's going to understand. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this right now and you're like, I don't really want to hear about my poop. Like this is so key to understanding your body is like your poop is like the number one, I think sign that people are getting like information about their body that they're completely dismissing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our poops tells us so much. Um, our menstrual cycles do as women. Mm-hmm. And then I would probably say the skin as well, seeing how your skin is doing. Um, but, but yeah, moving on <laughs> the, the next two, there's two more. So the next one is lungs. So a lot of people don't think, but our lungs are constantly detoxing. Um, the nose hairs that we have in our noses, I have a plethora of nose hairs is actually very beneficial. It filters out a lot of the toxins that we breathe. So just a reminder, don't wax or cut your nose hairs. Um, yes. I used to trim my nose hairs cause they, they started to grow a little bit too much for me. It's back in my teenage years, but, but yeah. And then the last one is our mitochondria. So our mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cells. They're associated with ATP, which is like our energy levels. Um, The best way to think of this is if our cells are fatigued or tired, those are the cells within our organs that are then not going to operate properly. So signs of like mitochondrial dysfunction is just, you know, not sleeping well, waking up exhausted, chronic fatigue, stuff like that is kind of a place to start, you know, jumpstart your mitochondria to get them really awake and moving and starting to help your body detox the way it should. But yeah, those are the multiple (laughs) drainage pathways. Um, I know it can be a little bit, you know, overwhelming, but I love this is that 
our body has, I think there's, what are they like eight, eight different systems that help filter things out. So if our liver, you know, pushes our bile. So the thing about bile is that our bile is reabsorbed into the blood and into the body. So if we're not, if our liver is not detoxing that bile, it, the toxins are going throughout our whole entire body. Mm. Um, but it's beautiful because our lymph can pick it up our, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say our lungs, but possibly our lungs could pick them up, could go out and going pee or going poop. So there's lots of ways that we've got these checks and balances within our body. And I know when we start to heal, it can be overwhelming and we start to feel like our bodies are against us. Mm -hmm. But just to remember that, you know, your body is doing it the best that it can and that it's always here to support you. It's like the number one thing that's never going to be against you. (laughs) I feel like it's just, you know, it's doing the best that it can. And if it's, you know, wreaking havoc with you and it's not doing good, it's just trying to get your attention is the way that I look at it. Yeah. So really uh, when people are thinking about this, like if, if you are somebody who you've been, maybe you are somebody who like removes certain toxins out of your stuff, you, you like to eat organic or you pick a lot of like non-toxic products and stuff, but you haven't been addressing the toxic or the drainage pathways. This could also be why maybe they are still having maybe some symptoms or, um, issues that aren't resolving because the drainage pathways are really the way that all those toxins are going to be released. And because we, we have them stored in our body. And that, that was one thing that I really was learning even from a natural path was she was like, this is she's like, I bet you the reason why I started, I started gaining weight and I am somebody who I eat really well. You know, I work out when I can, you know, I've had to take breaks over this last year to allow my body to rest because it had gotten so sick, but overall I live a fairly, what, you know, most people look at and think that's a really healthy lifestyle, Mm -hmm. but I continued kind of gaining weight. And it was because my body could not push out any more toxins because toxins are also stored in your fat tissues. And she was like, if it's trying to push out these toxins and what you're, you know, these drainage pathways are clogged or they're not working properly. My body was like, Nope, we can only do so much. We can only remove so much toxin to keep you alive and to be operating. And so like, we have to shut down somewhere. And so my body started shutting down certain things. Like, obviously I got really sick. I started gaining weight, all of this stuff. Um, because these systems were not being able to do their job effectively. Yeah. And the thing that, you know, I noticed that myself as well, I was also going through grief and I was also living in a moldy home. So as we're talking about like the, like the root causes of like what I found as being like the root of the root of the cause, like the very tip are the drainage pathways, the toxic burden, it's mold as well as parasites that store dormant viruses, stealth infections, stuff like that, and heavy metals. So those are kind of like my top four of like, okay, if we can address those four, then we can kind of clean the body completely to where, you know, for me, for example, I couldn't really eat gluten. I'd have really bad stomach issues since opening and working on my drainage pathways. Gluten's not a problem anymore. I know of a ton of women who had like uh, shellfish allergies and a bunch of weird allergies that once they started to address just those four things, they got rid of them. Hmm. So it's our, like I said, our bodies are really our best friends trying to help us, but 
you know, we have to make sure that we're well-informed and that we're addressing those root causes to be able to allow our bodies to work properly and to get rid of those things. And especially weight as well, you know, maintaining and really gaining excess weight can be due to multitude of things, but you know, the drainage pathways will definitely help getting that lymph moving. will just help with the fat and all the things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So talk to me, give me those, that list, right? Like, cause if somebody's sitting here, like how, where do I even begin? Cause that's a lot of <laughs> systems. How do we even know which one? And you could probably obviously have more than one. That's a mm-hmm. problem because like what you were saying, if one maybe was having an issue and then that meant that other systems had to maybe take it up a notch to try to, you know, do what the other system couldn't. So you could have multiple kind of. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a lot of like visual, like graphics online of like a funnel, but Mm -hmm. my brain's never really clicked with that. So it's just, you know, I look at, you know, if you get, if you look at the analogy of a funnel, basically it's like, if there's one that's clogged, the ones underneath them could be clogged as well. So, and then you want the funnel to be the funnel of toxins. So it goes through those different levels and different pathways to clear out the toxins that way. So the pathways again, really quickly, our mitochondria, our brain or glymphatic system, our lymph system or skin, um, our liver and bile, our kidneys, our bowels and our lungs. Okay. So those are (laughs) those in that list, but I can kind of go over real quick on like signs and symptoms to know if your body's doing okay with those. So I already kind of addressed the mitochondria. So are you sleeping? Well, is the first question. Do you wake up tired and exhausted? That's a sign of mitochondrial dysfunction. Um, the two basic ones, um, the glymphatic system in your brain, it has a lot to do with sleep as well. So they can kind of go hand in hand with those questions, but also neck pain Mm. can be a sign. Um, but also neck pain can be a multitude of things like stress and stuff like that. Um, the limb system, you know, can you sweat easily? Um, a lot of people, and I was one of them, I could not sweat. I would work out no matter how much I would work out and how hard it would be. I could not break a sweat. Um, so that's kind of the main sign to really notice. Um, also another thing with the lymph is surprisingly is cellulite and varicose veins are signs of a stagnant lymph pathway. Hmm. So yeah. (laughs) So basically just make sure you're moving. I mean, if you think about varicose veins, they get there because it's stagnant blood, it's pulling, you know, same thing. Stagnant lymph is going to be not moving and pulling as well. So yeah. When I, I want to ask you about, so like two things I'm thinking of. So like one with uh lymph, like, I don't think everybody knows that you can go and get like a lymphatic drainage mm-hmm. or lymphatic massage. Like it's a specialized thing. You know, mm-hmm. you would have to ask specifically, not all massage therapists know how to do that. Um, but it's definitely something that, uh, I think everybody benefits from, and I mean, even a regular massage, I don't think people recognize that just even a regular massage is so good for the lymphatic and drainage Mm -hmm. system because we're manually physically pushing fluid when you're also manipulating the tissue. So even just like pat yourself on the back, if you regularly go get a massage, because that actually is so beneficial for your lymph system. Um, 
but uh, the sweating, when you started mentioning that, like, this is a very interesting thing. So can it also be like, like the smell or like if you mm-hmm. stain easily your clothes or things of that nature when it comes yeah, to sweat? So the smell can actually tell a whole lot, um, off the top of my head. I don't remember specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, the smell is a sign that you're, it's basically toxins. So I being me, I love to just like, I love my poop. I love to smell <laughs> to your own sweat. <laughs> People probably are like, wow, okay. (laughs) I know it sounds disgusting, but again, your body tells you things. So I know when my, my BO smells bad, like, and it doesn't smell, I mean, I don't want to say smell good, but you know what I mean? Like if it's Mm -hmm. rank rancid, that's another sign of stagnant lymph. It means that there's a ton of toxins that have built up that have been needing to be released. So definitely if you got bad BO, that's another thing. Um, deodorant, look for non-toxic deodorant because, or, and don't use antiperspirant because antiperspirant will actually clog the lymphatic pores and your lymphatic system underneath your armpit to where you're not going to be able to sweat. Yeah. So know that that's where people need to get, I think more comfortable. And that's like a societal thing too, Mm -hmm. is that just like talking about poop or everybody gets all weird. It's Mm -hmm. the same thing around sweat, right? We have this whole weird thing around like, don't smell, or if we don't want people to see me sweaty or, you know, pitting out, right? Like, and it makes us very uncomfortable, but in theory, like a lot of this is natural and normal and what our body needs to do to operate efficiently. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing that, that I've noticed myself is when I eat clean and when I'm not taking a lot of toxins, my BO does not smell, but if I'm eating bad and, you know, conventional food, it's like, yeah, I smell gross. So oh, yeah, well, they talk about like, that's like too, like with a hangover, but I don't drink anymore. Yeah. Like I stopped drinking on it. Well, I had to with my liver, but then now I've just made the conscious choice. that I was like, I just don't think I'm going to drink anymore. Like I just, I don't, for me personally, I don't want to, but like, I do remember this or like when my husband drinks, right. It's like that after day smell, you can mm-hmm. smell the liquor pouring out of people. Like, yeah, yeah that's that right there showing you. <laughs> like the sign of that. That's a toxin <laughs> trying to get out. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. The, the body is always telling us. And, you know, if, if you, and it's those little things that, you know, when we talked about in the beginning are those little symptoms of like, maybe it's acne, or maybe it's like, you know, you take a moment and you smell your armpit and you're like, Whoa, it smells really bad there today. You know, like those things that make you kind of pop out of your you know, everyday life to be like, that's kind of weird. Those are the things that your body's trying to tell you like, okay, you know, maybe we've got a huge buildup of toxins and we're trying to pour it out, um, you know, through your armpit or anything like that. So, and then, um, I'll go ahead and actually include these with each topic that I'm going in. Um, so those are the signs to kind of notice, but also the ways that you can actually help the lymphatic system is like the lymphatic massage is you're having someone manually pump the lymphatic system. Um, another thing is of course, movement. So walking, running, 
rebounding on a trampoline is really fun. It brings me back to like my kid days. So if you've got a trampoline for your kids, go out there and jump for like 10 minutes. Or you can get those little mini ones in your office and you can just like pop up and just like jump a little bit and then there's so many benefits to it. It resets your nervous system as well. Um, so it's really good, you know, if you're stressed or anything like that, but literally a 10 minute jump exercise. I did one on YouTube. You can just Google lymphatic rebounder exercise. And it was 10 minutes and I was sweating and like, I was out of breath and I had to like lay down on the, on the ground, just like trying to get air. Cause it was no joke. So, but a really good way is that, um, a sauna infrared saunas will mm. help you sweat. Um, that's what I recommend. If you can't sweat is just, you know, know that you're going to start slowly. You're not going to be dripping sweat when you go in there for the first probably couple of weeks. But, you know, if you do it regularly, which is about three to four times a week is what's usually recommended, you'll be able to sweat. No problem. They'll get that lymphatic system working properly really quickly. I, I started doing, and, and let me know your thoughts on this. Um, because I know like not everybody has access right to a sauna Mm -hmm. or an infrared or going to a place like that. Right. So Mm -hmm. two ways that I've been adding in like like it's basically sweating or heat to kind of like help, uh, release things out. One of them was like, when I do my Epsom salt baths, mm-hmm. I'm just making sure like the water is like, I'm not burning myself. Right. But the temperature is enough that I am kind of sitting and I'm going to start getting a sweat going and mm-hmm. I can, you know, I can just like sit up comfortably. I'm not usually like laying all the way down. I'm just kind of sitting up and I close the door. So I really get like a good sauna kind of action going on in the bathroom. And so I've been kind of utilizing that. I don't do it with every Epsom salt bath that I take, but I find like that's a a way that I can add it in. Or I've been doing the castor oil packs with like a heating pack, right. And like really getting the temperature up and like, I will bundle myself all up to really like get the heat going. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So uh, for the lymphatic system, the, the other way is the bath. So Epsom salt bath is really, really good. Um, that's typically what I'll do. I mean, I've got a little portable infrared sauna. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to an actual like spa for about a year. And I'm just like, why did I never buy infrared sauna, like a portable one? Cause they're, the one that I have is about $300. Oh, that's not bad. Um, yeah. It's not bad at all compared to like my membership was like $75 a month. And so it was like, I could have bought my own sauna. I mean, in-house like wood infrared saunas can be about like 1500 to $3,000. So they're a little more pricey, but they're definitely, if it's something that you're dedicated to, they're definitely worth the investment instead of paying, you know, $75 a month. Um, but, but with those, you want to double check their EMF rating. Um, cause some infrared saunas are really high in EMFs, which is a carcinogen and radiation and stuff like that, that you kind of you basically don't want to be feeding more toxins while you're trying to detox them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, but baths are a great way if you don't have access to infrared at all. Um, and then just movement, moving your body every day, you know, even a rebounder trampoline, I think is like 50 to $70. Okay. And like I said, I have a blast. It's yeah. like my, my little kid inside my inner child is like, yeah. oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> with the bath though, like 
you recommend definitely it being like including Epsom salt in the bath, not just like a regular bubble bath. Cause I think like some people, maybe they don't recognize it's the Epsom salt within the bath. That is really the activating factor. Exactly. Yes. And if you don't have Epsom salts, you know, a bath's just going to be fine as well. Um, but definitely if we are talking about like bubble baths and stuff, make sure it's, uh, a clean option. <laughs> um, and then with Epsom salts, you know, if I would definitely recommend using some that aren't for, full of fragrance, um, and then adding your own fragrance, like through essential oils, adding that to the bath can be really nice. Um, but yeah. And then Epsom salt really is great. Cause you actually get a boost of magnesium. You mm-hmm. do technically need to stay in there for about 45 minutes to absorb it, but it's just great. It's like the perfect excuse to check out for like an hour. <laughs> just right. say, hey, tell your husband, I'm going to be in the bath for an hour. <laughs> I'll be back. Exactly. So, yeah. And then, um, the liver and bile. So signs to see if they're a little bit stagnant is looking at, you know, PMS, if you've got PMS or menstrual system or symptoms is a huge one. If you can tolerate alcohol or caffeine, and sorry, if you can't, so if you're a super cheap drunk, um, or get a headache, you know, after one glass or something like that, that's a stagnant liver pathway caffeine. If you can't tolerate coffee very well, like that was me, I would get migraines from coffee. Migraines are actually associated with the liver pathway as well. So if you are someone who does get migraines during periods, you know, from what you eat or just unexplained migraines, definitely look at that liver. Um, another one is, can you fast? Do you get hangry if you don't eat? That's another sign. Um, trying to think. And then if you're just quick to anger and you're irritable is another one. Okay. But that one, I tend to find it's when your liver is really not doing good (laughs) is if you're really irritable. (laughs) I feel like, I know. I mean, I will say like, you know, when everything started getting really bad, I mean, I, I don't know if, if everybody thought I was irritable, but I mean, I definitely was like, not the happiest. I don't, but again, I wasn't feeling very well either. <laughs> I yeah. was quite grumpy. It all kind of goes, goes in hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and then for your liver and your bile, um, high soluble fibers. So uh, think of, beans. I know like that can kind of push, put people off. Um, but there's a, a kind of protocol called the bean protocol, um, that I've been on personally by unique Hammond. And it's amazing. You basically just eat a lot of beans. You start slowly. So your stomach doesn't hurt. And then what it does is that the soluble fiber will actually bind to the the toxins in the bile and help push it out the bowels. Hmm. So it's a really good way to clean up that bile. Um, so that's the first one. Castor oil packs for your liver are great. I've been doing them every night and I've been sleeping. I've had the best sleep of my life. It's been amazing. Um, if and you're then, wondering what a castor oil pack is guys, you can definitely go online and like f- figure out how to do it. But yeah, I I've been trying to tell everybody, like everyone should do it. Cause castor oil packs can be so great for like anything. I feel like they have a long list of benefits for them. Exactly. Like, uh, the one that I get mine from is called queen of thrones and she has one like for your eyes. She's got one for your, uh, womb area. So your uterus area for cramps and a bunch of other ones. I think she's got this really cool tool that you can use for lymph movement. 
and castor oil. Really cool. Ooh, um, I have to check that out. <laughs> I, I love it. And then um, another way for your liver and bile is uh, taking bitters. So bitter herbs um, or even some lemon water as well mm. before you eat will help kind of activate all that. Um, and then coffee enemas is another one. Um, you know, some people are a little more comfortable with enemas, but coffee enemas will actually get up to the liver and help things move a little bit better as well as cleaning out your bowels, which is really needed sometimes. <laughs> I feel like I need to do a coffee enema. It, uh, this has popped up a couple of times for me now. Oh, I feel like this is, yep. It's yeah, time. Definitely. Blair needs to do one. <laughs> yeah. For your liver, if you're having issues with your liver, that's like one of the top things underneath like castor oil packs that they recommend. Um, also infrared saunas are actually really good for the liver as well. So it's kind of a, a double whammy there. Okay. Um, and then supplement wise, um, there's one that I love. It's called liver sauce by Quicksilver Scientifics amazing. It's basically a bitter. It will get things moving. You take it before you eat. And then the other one is Tudka, which is basically a natural like acid in your stomach and in your digestive tract that if you've got kind of a sludgy or not good bile and liver, it will help break down that food for you and absorb those nutrients. And so those are my top two supplements that I absolutely love. <laughs> They've like transformed this sounds awful. Transform my poop. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you've got poop issues, Tudka and liver sauce, pull <laughs> your naturopath first. <laughs> I love it. Okay. And then as for your kidneys, um, basically the main thing here is just making sure, you know, like UTIs are kind of a thing. Um, and then if you can't hold your pee, and you just like have to go to the bathroom and you've got to run to the bathroom. That's a sign that it could be a little bit sluggish in the drainage pathway. Um, and the main things here are really hydration, just staying hydrated. Our, I mean, our bodies and our lymph as well is like majority water. So we just want to make sure that you're hydrated. And then as for supplement wise, kale support by cell core is a really good one, um, which is kidney and liver support. Um, and then nettles. So a nettle tea is really good as well. It's a diuretic and will help push out toxins that way. Mm -hmm. But kidneys are pretty simple, <laughs> even though they're very complex, they're very simple. Um, and then bowels are pretty simple as well. Water, you know, if you're constipated water, another thing with constipation on the emotional aspect is what are you not letting go of? Mm -hmm. So if you're tense and not letting go of things energetically, emotionally, it can then hold you're pooping. So, um, and also stress management with that as well. Yeah. I would say like to add on to that, that I have found with my stools that have been really helpful is one, um, the magnesium mm -hmm. adding in magnesium and pairing it with vitamin C and there's all sorts of different types of magnesium. And I feel like it, you have to, I can't remember the exact one now that citrate is it? Yeah. I, th I think it's magnesium citrate now that I think of, yes, it is. It's magnesium citrate because there's different types of magnesium for different, and it works differently in your body. 
Um, one's a little bit more like relaxing and calming where, yeah, magnesium citrate works better with helping your bowels move. Mm -hmm. And so doctors used to tell me just to go live on basically Miralax. And I was like living on Miralax every day. And I was taking like massive amounts of Miralax just to get my stools moving was horrible. Mm -hmm. And so magnesium and paired with vitamin C together has been like a game changer in moving my stools and keeping my stools moving uh, very well, because I was like, I drink tons of water and I get fiber in other ways. So yeah, if you're somebody who's like, I feel like I'm doing all those things. Magnesium is a game changer. And then I also feel like working with a pelvic floor, um, PT specialist. That's actually what I'm dealing with right now is I'm working with a pelvic PT to address, um, my pelvic floor issues to ensure that my bowels are still moving. Um, and you know, because there's a lot of things down there that can contribute to how your bowels are functioning or even your uterus or your bladder and your kidneys and all of those things. There's like so much going on down there. And as women, like we really need to have that pelvic care and we don't. And there's actually an episode, you guys can go back and listen to that one where we talk about pelvic floor care and health and why it's so important for women to address. But that I feel like if you're dealing with constipation, that's a huge one is go see a PT. Yes, definitely. And, you know, enemas can help too, but definitely you want to make sure you're getting your magnesium. I feel like that will definitely help as well. Um, and then moving forward to the lungs. So lung symptom wise, it's really looking at, you know, are you shallow breather? You know, like, can you breathe in deep? And there's honestly, there's not a whole lot of signs and symptoms that I've noticed with lungs. Like that one's kind of a a little mystery to me, <laughs> you know? So, but understanding that, you know, we breathe in a lot of air pollutants per day. And I feel like, you know, we focus so much about, you know, being outside, but we don't really focus on what's the quality of air that we're breathing inside of our houses or our workplaces, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So definitely, you know, working on breath work, breath work can really help clear out the lungs, um, air filters, making sure you're getting a really good HEPA filter. My favorite is air doctor. They can literally filter out mold spores and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then doing a nasal rinse. So like a neti pot can also help as well, clean out those sinuses and then daily exercise can really help get that moving and clearing out something that my, uh, cause I've been slowly adding things in with my protocol right now with my detoxing. Cause we had to go pretty slow because of how sick I had been. Right. So we were doing little bits at a time. Um, and every time, sometimes we add something in, it kind of like can, make me feel really horrible. Cause obviously we break something loose, right. And those drainage pathways. And then I'm like, Oh, I feel horrible. And so we have to kind of like retweak it a little bit, but the thing that we just added in was a nebulizer and, yep. and we're doing, it's like hydrogen food grade, hydrogen peroxide and iodine. Yep. The first time I did that, I could only go like five minutes and then like for like a week after I was like, Oh, I don't feel well. And so she was like, we're going to have, you can only do it like right now, like twice yeah. a month max and see how that goes. So I'm set to do my next nebulizer treatment on Sunday. And I'm like, please be <laughs> like, I hope this goes better than the last treatment I did. Yeah. <laughs> like a nebulizer is so good for detoxing as well. Your lungs. Um, 
And this is a little something about the C word, you know, the virus that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, they've actually found research with when you start, I guess I don't want to say when you start getting symptom symptomatic, but when you know that you've been exposed, I guess something with a virus that lives up in our sinus cavities before it drops down to the lungs. So Mm. what they found is doing a nebulizer with iodine and hydrogen peroxide will actually go in and neutralize and kill that bacteria. Yeah. So nebulizers are key and you can do it, you know, if you've been exposed or if you are sick and have symptoms as well. They've yeah. shown that that works too, but I think people cool, tend to know. think of nebulizers, right? Like, Oh, you only get that like a treatment. If you're like super sick or have something going mm-hmm. on with lungs or you struggle with asthma or those types of things. But when I'm, I've been learning about nebulizers, like she was talking about, like it helps break up the biofilm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so now I'm learning about that. I was like, Ooh, what's biofilm? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, you broke up a whole bunch of biofilm. That's probably why you feel so sick. And I'm like, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> and the one thing that I did want to say is as we start to open up these drainage pathways, it's kind of like kicking up dust in a construction site. So even if you have things open, but you start adding certain protocols in, Mm -hmm. it's like literally that you're going in and kicking up dust and, you know, it could release certain stealth infections or pathogens or viruses that really kind of get released. So as we're kind of talking about all of these drainage pathways, another thing is when you start opening them up, it's good to be taking a binder to help bind the toxic chemicals oh. and things to yeah. then be able to expel. Cause if not, then they might just go crazy and your body's doing the best that they can. And then you like come up with a rash and you've got this going on and you're just like, what is happening to me? And it's typically called Herxheimer's reaction. So if you've ever done a detox and have felt like detox flu, Yep. It's because you didn't work on opening your drainage pathways before doing some sort of protocol or detox. And that's why your body's like, okay, you just want us to do all this cool stuff to detox, but like we're completely clogged. So you're getting a rash here, not feeling good, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So when you say binder, cause then that reminded me, she was, she had me pick up some activated charcoal and she told me, she's like, you're going to take that when you do your nebulizer treatment, but don't, I can't take any of my other supplements around the same time. She's like, cause that's going to help bind up the toxin. So is that what you mean by like a binder or is there other things? Yeah. So binders are kind of their own realm, but it's pretty much like a clay or activated charcoal. Um, the thing about activated charcoal though, is that it will bind in bind to any nutrients. Mm. So if you have it around food, it's going to bind to that. I used to love when I used to drink, I would take <laughs> my binder and I would drink <laughs> alcohol and I wouldn't get like tipsy. And so that was like my little trick, but you know, you can do that. If you want to have that glass of wine, it can maybe help you out. But the, my favorite binder is biotoxin binder by Cellcor, okay. And they've really worked with this technology of the binder to not strip nutrients. So you can actually take it with food and it actually crosses, crosses the blood brain barrier. So it can actually pull and bind toxins like heavy metals in the brain and help move things out that way. So it's a really awesome binder. I love it. Um, usually the cell core binders are what I lean more to because they don't have the activated charcoal that can bind to other things. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also pass the blood brain barrier, 
but um, the other one is, I think it's called Ultra Binder by Quicksilver Scientific. That's has a little bit of charcoal in it, but it's also recommended by the doctors that I, that are my mentors and stuff like that. So, but yeah, binders are a must, especially <laughs> if you sauna and you're opening things up, you definitely want to make sure. Um, but if you can't tolerate the binder, which was actually me, um, I couldn't tolerate, I'd get this huge rash on my face. Um, but it was because my liver was so not operating well. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, okay, cool. We're going to bind to all these toxins, but we're just going to recycle them because we can't push them out. So, so yeah, definitely good to mention that binder there. Yeah. So, you know, I know this has been going a little longer, but I love, I knew this conversation would, because there's so much to, to cover, but if somebody's listening to this and they're feeling like, you know, they really want to start doing this, you know, what are your suggestions in terms of, because I know like some of this people could in theory could add on and do on their own, right? Like making little changes and stuff, but obviously having the care, especially like for me, like I really needed to have a natural path and a team of doctors working me through a protocol specifically because of how sick I was. So it's, uh, that was very important, but for, with somebody like you or like, how could somebody be working with like what you do in terms of like getting support? Because that's, I, f- I feel like through your, or, you know, I'm sorry. I'm going to say it probably wrong. An herbalist. That's mm-hmm. what. No, that's right? correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they could be working with you in terms of, of things like this to better understand like what they should be adding in, in terms of like supplements and protocols. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. And when it comes to the herbal realm of things, the, the funny thing is, is the majority of the supplements out there today are protocols. They're actually herb based. I mean, they'll have some like fulvic acid and, you know, some amino acids, stuff like that in there, but every other ingredient is herbs. So, and the thing that I love, I mean, that's why I studied it is just, you know, the root is that these plants can actually help us. And there's tons of anti-parasitics that, that, you know, can use to kill parasites, um, binders, you know, as we mentioned, charcoal is a great one, which is also natural. Um, but yeah definitely, you know, reaching out and kind of diving into things. If you're just starting, you know, you can just start with moving, you know, if the typical advice, you know, just eat good and and exercise, but just those two things can help your body open up on so many levels. And then incorporating that, that Epsom salt bath and switching out your basic toxic type of, I don't know why my brain is not working right now products. There we go. <laughs> and then tell your husband, I need that bath and I need that massage. <laughs> yes, right. Lymphatic massage is so good. Um, go. I'm going to be doing a, uh, what are they? A colonic colonic mm-hmm. therapy. So it's kind of like a very intense enema, but I've been seeing this, this one doctor who does it, uh, will take videos and like, there's no poop in there. Okay. So just, you know, so, you know, you're not staring at someone's poop, uh, <laughs> just like the amount of worms and parasites coming out of the intestines are just mind blowing. So they say, if you have a heartbeat, you've got a parasite and we tend to, you know, clean out our animals from parasites every year and stuff like that. But we just tend to not think that we could get them for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, definitely something I've been learning more about and it's, 
it, it, it gives me this, the heebie-jeebies because I'm oh all like, gosh. whoa, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely something that needs to be addressed for sure. Yeah. Like I'm definitely not somebody who's like into parasites, I guess. It's just that they gross me out so much when I learn about them, but it gives me the heebie-jeebies that they could possibly be inside me. I know but, that's what's freaking me out. <laughs> um, another thing when it comes to the liver, I wanted to say on the term of parasites, there are things called liver flukes that will actually like bury themselves in the liver ducts hmm. where the bile is. So basically if you're having a lot of issues with liver or, you know, your weakest drainage pathway, it could be good and beneficial to look into parasite cleanse specifically with liver flukes. So a little bit of information. <laughs> so much information. You're like literally a wealth of knowledge. That one line of yours, I'm loving so much. <laughs> you see what I mean, you guys? Like why I wanted her to come on and like share all the things. Cause then it just like opens up this whole door of all the stuff that like most people, mm-hmm. we just don't learn about. We don't hear about nothing. So tell everybody like how they can be like working with you or connect with you if they are like, they want to go to the next level or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, So you can follow me on Instagram. It's Jacqueline Marie and it's spelled differently. So will you have the link in the show notes? I will put all of her contact (laughs) information in the show notes. So it's easy. Okay. Perfect. Yep. So just contact me there. I'm going to be rolling out with some new services and stuff like that. I'm kind of in the transition of trans transitioning my business to more of this route. Um, and really talking and practicing the herbalist as well as going to nutrition school and stuff like that. So, but drainage pathways, I love them. They've done so much for my health, even though I thought I was healthy. (laughs) So, but yeah, you can definitely reach out and connect with me on my Instagram. And then that's pretty much it. Pretty simple. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much. And thank you so, so much for listening this entire episode. I am sure you got tons of takeaways and tons of interesting things to have learned about your body, specifically about poop. (laughs) Like there's so much we could have said, but if you loved this episode, please, please, please share it um, with your friends. This is definitely a very important conversation that needs to continue to be had. So I really highly recommend sharing it with your friends and your family and your girlfriends and, you know, so that they can learn more about this as well. And we can start getting this type of information out to more women so they can get the support and the healing that, um, that they need, because so many things like we've been talking about, um, we don't even realize are coming from the drainage pathways being clogged or the toxins. We don't realize that our migraines or menstrual problems are all coming from these things. So please pass it along to all your girlfriends. Um, at the next time you hear them complaining that they have a migraine or, you know, they're having a really bad period. Be like, you should check out this episode. Um, I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to having you on the next episode.